Great. Well, we're starting a, a new series. We just come out of a five-week series. We're starting a new series that um, is going to span over the course of the year. Now, we're not doing it every week over the course of the year. But uh, what, what we've entitled this Letters. And uh, we're just taking a look at uh, one of the books where it's uh, a letter from Paul to the, a church or to uh, somewhere. And uh, we're going to take a look at this. So for the next three weeks, we're going to be in the book of Ephesians. Actually, for this year, we're going to be in the book of Ephesians. But we're going to do three weeks now and then three weeks later on in the year and then another two weeks. So eight weeks over the course of the year. And um, we're exploring this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. Uh, which is actually modern-day Turkey, and and uh, we're going to take a look at its context and the eternal truth that's found within this letter. It's split into six chapters in our modern Bibles, and uh, we're going to explore some of the big themes. There's lots of themes, and there's lots of things we could draw out of it, but we're going to explore some of the big themes that are found in this book and how they can apply to our lives how they can apply to our lives as we gather as Icon Church, how they can apply to each and every one of us. And, um, you know, Ephesians, unlike some of the other letters that Paul wrote, it wasn't to deal with, uh, like, theological issues or even people problems, but was rather, was written for Paul to express his deep love for the church in Ephesus. And its main aim of the book is for people to fully grasp the power of the gospel story and apply its truth to their lives. So what about us today? I wonder if we could grasp some of that power of the Holy Spirit, of the gospel story, and begin applying it to our lives today. And so uh, the subtitle for this first one is Confident. Confident. We're going to read 14 verses. All right. Is that all right? Yeah. You, you can handle 14 verses this morning. Okay. Ephesians 1 the first 14 verses, and then you'll congratulate me at the end how I've been able to distill this into about 30 minutes, okay? Hillary would have loved that in Stocksbridge. Thank you, Hillary. Because here, I'm not sure they love me here in Chesterfield. I don't know. Ephesians 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head even Christ in him we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will 
in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be the, for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Some incredible verses there. But I, I kind of want to start by asking the question, you ever been not just like not confident of something? You ever had a moment where you, maybe your confidence has been shaken? Maybe you've not been confident in yourself. You've not been confident in a situation. Not even been confident in someone else or a circumstance. I guess for all of us, we've had a moment where we've uh, lacked confidence in whatever area. I don't know, but uh, maybe like me, you even go through seasons and, and scales where all of a sudden I feel super confident and then I'm not so confident. Yeah? I'm going to mention the thing that I always mention in my messages. Football. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, but there's new people here who don't know that I played with Jamie Vardy from Stocksbridge Park Steels. Anyway, oh, no, I know, I know. But, but in football, you go through these seasons where you turn up on a Saturday and you're super confident and you think everything's going right, and then you just have one of those games. And then you turn up the next game and it's like, oh, your lack of confidence comes through. Um, a, a few years ago now, I, uh, I ruptured my Achilles tendon. And um, it... it it was a nasty moment. I was just setting off to run in a, in a game and um, next thing is I'm crumpled on the floor and all I've heard is the sound of like a big twig snapping and everyone around heard it. And I'm sorry if you're squeamish this morning. Um, I won't go into any more gory details apart from saying that Debbie is currently training. Debbie's my wife and she's currently training to be an ODP and uh, which means she, uh, I just put it like this, she helps surgeons out, um, basically. I, th I think that's quite an accurate representation. If you want the full works, then speak to Debbie about that. But she, like one of the first operations that she observed was an Achilles, like, um, whatever they call it, like fixing. <laughs> it's the technical term today. And, uh, and so Debbie decides... She's not meant to do this, so if we can cut this bit from online, otherwise she's going to get in real trouble. Hopefully you can hear me in Stocksbridge right now. But she took a picture of the equipment used and decided to show me. I went weak. I went very weak and went, I do not want to see that. But anyway, so I went through the whole process, had to have an operation, went through the whole process of, uh, you know, Achilles, rehabilitation, physio, all of that. And lots of well-meaning people would say things like, well, I hope it doesn't go again. <laughs> Thanks for that. You know, uh, you know, even my physio said, you know what, like, I, I wanted to get my fitness back. They told me to do couch to 5K. If you run 5K, you've done brilliant. I'm thinking, thanks for setting my height so high right now. And, uh, and, and so I started trying to get back into playing football. Um, and I, I decided to use something called KT tape. 
Now this tape like mimics your muscles and the movements and your tendons. I, I don't know all the ins and outs. I just watched YouTube videos of how to sort it for an Achilles and how to uh, attach it. But there were like five different videos and they all went different like ways. And I'm like, what is happening here? Anyway, so I decide on one way. If I was wearing that KT tape, I was super confident. I was like, it's going to happen. If I forgot it, I was not confident at all. Any little thing, and I'd be like, oh no, is it going to go again? All of that. Uh, I, I would just be lacking confidence. I bought that much KT tape, I should have bought shares in it. <laughs> because I, I bought that much. But I, I guess where we place our confidence and what, where we place our confidence and what we place our confidence in is so important. What, what about that... You know, we love to be confident in a place where we belong, but for many of us, and for many of us in our lives, we can find that our, maybe our upbringing, our background, the decisions we've even made can cause us to have little confidence in even where we belong. Where we place our confidence is so important, and where we place our confidence impacts the way we live out our life. It impacts our actions and ultimately our confidence can impact what we do. But for many of us, we place our confidence actually in what we do. What about when it comes to our relationship with Jesus? Where's your confidence? Is your confidence in what I do or is it placed in Jesus? Is my confidence actually in what I experience or is it placed in what Jesus has done for me? I see this across churches and across Christians' lives that we can live in maybe these two camps. We can be super confident in, in our faith because of what we're doing for Him. Like I'm up early, I'm praying, I'm reading my Bible. I'm super confident because I'm being a super Christian right now. Or we can place our confidence in the experience that I come to church and I experience His presence and His grace. But what happens when I miss a day from opening my Bible. Does your confidence drop? Because I've been there. What happens when you turn up at church and your kids have uh, absolutely run riot on the front row? Not, not explaining my morning this morning, but they've run riot on the first row and you've sung about four lines of worship. I tell you, I went to the toilet before this message. I had to speak in tongues so much to get ready because I was like, but what happens when that happens and all of a sudden it's like, well, I didn't experience God because of a circumstance. You see, this letter that Paul is writing, he, he, he's writing to two groups of people. There's two groups of people in the church in Ephesus. There's the Jews who have uh, gone there and gone to Ephesus and, and they would be confident. They would be confident because of their background, because of their roots, because of where they were born. They grew up being taught about Abraham and, and the lineage and all of that. And they were confident that they belonged. But what about everyone else? What about everyone else? And I love this because Paul, he, he starts this letter and he begins to describe to those Jews. And he's beginning to say to them, he chose you. He chose you. He, he, he chose each and every single one of you. He starts with them. But then there's this incredible moment where he goes, and you. And he's going, hey, but this includes everyone. 
This is for everyone and you, you. We see it in verses 13 and 14. It says this, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. He's saying to them that actually, as you believed the message, you were marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit. And this all includes you. It's not for just this select group of people. It includes you. I don't know, but I've experienced in my life sometimes that my friends who don't come to church would say, uh, God would never accept me. And I'd love to say to them, no, it includes you. We all belong in the family of God. We're all accepted by God, that he loves each and every single one of us. And so Paul here is emphasizing, here's where you need to place your confidence. It's not in a circumstance. It's not even in a background. It's in Jesus. It's in him. Our confidence is in him. Like if you want sermon in a sentence, that's it. Our confidence is in him. Like if you leave with nothing today, our confidence is in him. There in Stocksbridge, your confidence is in him. I'm going to say it seven times because they tell me if I say it seven times, you might remember it. But I won't say it seven times back to back. You see, our confidence is in him. So what does it look like to live out this power of the gospel in our everyday lives? What does it look like to have this confidence in him? To have this confidence in Jesus. To have this confidence in what Jesus has done for each and every single one of us. Well, I think we find our confidence in him, which means we can be confident that we are chosen. We can be confident that we are chosen. Verses 4 and 5 of Ephesians 1 says this, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Let's just stop there. He chose us in him before the creation of the world. Before anything else, he chose us in him. Um, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Some incredible verses there. You know, we live in a world now where there's this loneliness epidemic. Actually, in the UK, we have a, a loneliness minister, like somebody who is actually in Parliament trying to combat this epidemic that's placed, that's like going all across the earth, but especially here in the UK. And the big question is around where do I belong? What is my identity? And here I'm here to tell you that you are part of God's plan. That you belong here in the church, but also you belong in Jesus. That there's this actual belonging, this place where you can belong, but also this part of God's plan that you belong in. Now there's some words in there that if you've been around church, you've heard debated and it's this word predestined and predestination. It's debated in church. But I want, I want us to grab a hold of God's character this morning. You see, God is a father. So if we're going to take a look at predestination and who's destined, because the argument is this, if God chooses you, that's it, you're in. 
For me, it makes lazy Christians because then we just think, well, whoever God chooses, he'll choose. But no, no, I'm called to make disciples. So I'm called to go and reach some people. I'm called to actually present the gospel to a world. But I think we need to look at it from a a fatherhood of God. Because even when we consider you know, earthly fathers, and many of us have had def- different experiences of dads in the world, but many fathers, we can see that they start loving their children even before they were born. Even before they were born. I was thinking back to when Debbie was pregnant with Zion. Zion's our oldest. He's nine years old. And um, uh, I, was, I was going back to that moment and uh, when she was pregnant. I, I didn't experience any of, you know, the physical changes. I didn't get cravings, though I told Debbie I did because I just wanted to eat more. And uh, I didn't experience any of that. I didn't know, like, I didn't experience those changes, but something changed in my heart. I, I think we have to grab a hold of that fatherhood of God that something in his heart leans towards us. It says in these verses, even before the creation of the world, he chose us in him. And so too, God loved us before we were born, before the creation of the world. And we have to remember this in this context, the Ephesian Christians have come from other roots, other lifestyles, separate to, you know, like those Jews who would know that they are God's holy people. And here Paul's going and and needing them to know that God loves them. He's chosen them even before the world's creation, despite their background, despite what life has looked like, despite their previous lifestyles, God has chosen to them. And so this passage actually wasn't meant to spark the questions of doubt and people to lack confidence about whether they were chosen or not. It was written to these Christians from different backgrounds to give them the confidence that they are now chosen by God. Let me tell you today, as I read these verses, let it be a confidence to us today that we are chosen in God before the world's creation. Another version puts it like this, before the foundation of the world, there was purpose in the heart of God. And that purpose was that we were chosen. And that same purpose, God continues to bless. God continues to bless that same purpose. And it goes on, it tells us that he he predestined us for adoption to sonship. Many of you know our story and uh, if you don't, we adopted two incredible boys. They're wild and crazy and our house is definitely over 100 decibels every single night. And um, Gav came in this morning and uh, he said, oh, these boys are quiet. I said, that will not last long. Enjoy it, Gav, while it happens. There's a moment where they all go to bed and we just sit there in silence, me and Debbie. (sighs) Silence is beautiful. I tell you what, you miss it when it's not around. But I was thinking back to our journey of adopting Silas and Jude and uh, thinking back to this and thinking back to, you know, just even thinking of these verses and I want them to live confident that they were chosen. Live confident that they're, they're, they're not, you know, like they're not just a, a side part. No, they are family. 
They're Benjus. Or Bengas, as people sometimes call us. They're Benjus. They were chosen. But I was thinking about this. What did they do to be chosen? Not much. They just looked cute on a photo. They, they didn't do much to be chosen. We, you know, our, our story is, I, I always say this and it always sounds a little bit bad, but it's definitely like this. When you go through the whole process of adopt, adoption and uh, the uh, agency who you're working with approve you, then your profile gets put out and then uh, uh, you get to see all these kids' profiles. And it's like online dating for like adoption and it, it feels all a little bit weird. And, um, you know, I, I'll be honest, I don't know how they do it different, but it all feels a little bit weird. And you get contacted by social workers who uh, just want to give the best life to these kids who are in care. But we, we'd go through and, and we, I say we'd be sending each other profiles. Debbie would be sending me profiles pretty much every minute of every day. And uh, we've had this contact. If you need anything, like if you need to find anything, right, or you need like a holiday or whatever it is, just speak to Debbie about it. You don't have to ask her to do anything, but within two days, you will have a raft of stuff that is like, oh, I've seen this, and I've seen this, and I've seen this, and I've seen this, and I've seen this. Like, there are people here, sorry, Stocksbridge, right? There are people here now who are laughing because they know it's true, and um, she can't answer back because she's out with the kids at the moment. But we, we, we kept looking at these profiles, but every time we went back, we'd drop on the boys' profiles, and we never intended to have two boys, and that was never our intention, but God has different plans, and uh, God was definitely keeping us humble in that moment, creating perseverance and uh, all of that, but we just keep coming back to these boys, and we, we eventually decided, okay, let's go for it. You see... Whilst it might have taken us a bit of time to choose these boys and keep going back, God doesn't take time. He's already chosen you. Before the creation of the world, before anything else, he chose you. He has chosen you. And the confidence is not that I did something to be chosen. It was that God did everything by sending his son Jesus to die on a cross. And so that means today... We have a little unwritten rule, one claps, we all clap here at Icon Church. But what that means today for all of us, because you might be sat there thinking, so what? It means you belong. It means that we are God's and he is our God. It means that we belong today and we can place our confidence in him. The second thing is this, that we are confident that we are forgiven. When our confidence is in him, we can place our confidence in that we are forgiven. Verse 7 says this, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. The forgiveness of sins. It's the confidence that I am forgiven today. You know, the Bible tells us that everyone, everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Sin basically just means this, that we've missed the mark. 
we've missed the mark that we are not able to live the life, the perfect life. And I think we can all be honest here today and say we're not perfect. We're not perfect. In Stocksbridge, you're very close to it but you're not quite perfect. We've all missed the mark in some way. We've all fallen short, but the confidence is not in that I have to try and get myself back to hitting that mark. My confidence is in Jesus who has forgiven every single thing, every single thing, even the ones I've forgotten about, even the ones where I don't even know that I missed the mark in that moment. Even those moments are forgiven. And so we can have confidence in him today that we are forgiven. Because if we live our lives trying to reach a certain standard or trying to hit a certain mark, we'll end up becoming restless. But actually, if we live our lives from a place of forgiveness, then our lives transform. And then all of a sudden we begin to live the life that God has for us because our confidence is in him and not in what I'm doing. Uh, Jesus actually spoke to this in Matthew 11 and verse 28 when he's talking to a group of people who they're they're being pushed, religious laws are being pushed on them and pushed on them and you should do this and you should do this and you should do this and and then uh, here's here's the Old Testament laws but then we're going to add more laws onto it and you should do this and you should do this and here's where you've got to reach and here's what Jesus said. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me. I think of a lot of the restlessness in my life is that actually I live my life trying to be this perfect version of myself. Like I, I place my confidence in me being able to do something. I don't know, but um, recently, I think this is a big buzzword in our world right now, productivity. How productive are you? Well, come and live in my house with three boys. And uh, if you load the dishwasher and unload it, it's been a productive night. It's been a great night. But this buzzword is productivity. And we think we have to achieve a certain mark. Books like, and I'm not saying this is all wrong, but books like, uh, you know, like you'll get more done in three hours a day than you will in eight hours a day. It's like you can be more productive if you do these things. And it's like we've got to hit a mark. But it leads us to live in a life of restlessness. It leads us. Now, some of this stuff can be good. It can help us improve. It can help us actually be more productive in some ways. But in our walk with Jesus, sometimes we try and earn our way. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. No, the things that we do come from a place of, I know I'm forgiven. I know I'm forgiven. You see, my aim today is really simple, Stocksbridge. I want you to walk out of church with more confidence than ever before. But not more confidence in what you're going to do. More confidence in Jesus. More confidence in him. That actually that restlessness can drop off you today and you can walk confident that you're forgiven. That you don't have to earn that forgiveness. No, Jesus earned it all on the cross. All I have to do is respond to that forgiveness and say, do you know what? I'm going to place my trust in you, Jesus. And I think if we truly place our trust in Jesus, our life begins to transform. That Jesus begins to transform us from the inside out. He begins as the original design was that we would be made 
made in the image of Christ, that we would be made in his image. And today we can walk in that. And it should also free us. It's not all on me. It's all about him. Our confidence is in him. And it frees us today. It frees us to walk from this place going, do you know what? You know what? If I place my trust in Jesus, he'll direct my steps. If I place my trust in Jesus today, he'll lead me on the right paths. If I place my trust in him today and my confidence in him, then it'll free me. The third thing is this. I'm going to get through all this, honestly, but I need a drink. Third thing is this. When our confidence is in him, we are confident in the seal of the Holy Spirit. We are confident in the seal of the Holy Spirit. I read those verses, verses 13 and 14 earlier, where it talks about the seal of the Holy Spirit. And uh, it says this phrase, after you also uh, were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed. Or another version says, after you believed, you were marked in him with the seal of the Holy Spirit. Now, I love this because sometimes we uh, will take the promises of God and they'll be marked in our lives. It's like the promises of God are marked in our lives. And, and, and I, like today, I'm, I'm not saying they're not marked in our lives, but I want us to understand this. It's not here. It's not the promises of God that are marked. It's us. It's us that have that seal of the Holy Spirit. It's not a certain message or a certain promise or something else. It's us. And we have to realize that he marks us and he seals us because he sees us as his special treasure. That actually he delights in each and every one of us. Uh, uh, recently, our lead pastor Paul has been speaking and he, he, he would he would draw upon some research which said what you know what is the first thing you think God feels if you were to walk into his presence and most people would say disappointed well no we're marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit and he delights in us that there's joy when we come into his presence there's joy when we open when you're driving in your car and you just decide hey I'm gonna pray a prayer guess what God feels joy not it's about time No, he feels joy. And there's a marking, there's a seal of the Holy Spirit for our lives. I I want you to see this picture and I haven't got time to dive into it too much. But the seal that Jesus was the Messiah was the Spirit of God. We see it at his baptism. John baptizes him. Uh, This loud voice from heaven goes, This is my son in whom I love and I am well pleased. That's what God will sound like. <laughs> Incorrect fact. But, it, but then the Spirit of God rested upon him. And that was the seal that he was the Messiah. The seal for us is that actually God's with us. Without measure. That there's not a cap. No, no, God is with us. And it's the seal of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Spirit of God is put upon each and every one of us. And when it is, it's the mark 
that that person is accepted by God, that that person belongs to God, that is in the family of God, that God loves us, that God is for us, that God has chosen us, that God has forgiven us, that God has paid the price through his son Jesus for each and every one of us. And we have the seal of the Holy Spirit. Just like when a king would send a letter or some royalty would send a letter and you would get that stamp on the back of the envelope with the seal, with the seal in the wax I know this because I watch all of those old Victorian programs where they did it but they would seal it it's like the Holy Spirit has enveloped our lives and put a seal on it and said this belongs to God this is one of God's and that actually we have this seal of the Holy Spirit and so our confidence is in Him because we have this confidence in the seal of the Holy Spirit and the seal of the Holy Spirit is to the world a witness to the power of God in our lives. It's a world to witness in Stocksbridge and the surrounding areas to the power of God in your lives. It's the seal of the Holy Spirit. And the seal of the Holy Spirit, I love this because verse 14 talks about this, about guaranteeing our inheritance. Okay, I want you to see this because it's like, what do we get in inheritance? That was difficult for me to say. The seal of the Holy Spirit is the one who ensures God is going to finish what he started. He's going to finish what he started. And so if he said it, he's going to do it. And the seal of the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of that inheritance that when God says, hey, all things in heaven and on earth will bow down and all tongues will confess that I am Lord. There's a seal of the Holy Spirit that says, do you know what? God promised it, it's gonna happen. But it's the same for your life. You've heard God say, hey, this is what I'm gonna do in your life. This is the plans that I have for you. This is the future that I have for you. The seal of the Holy Spirit is the guarantee that God is going to finish what He started. He's not going to leave it half finished today. It's the guarantee of our inheritance. And band, quickly get up. If you didn't see that in Stocksbridge, Dave ran. Joel took his time. The last thing is this, if our confidence is in him, we are confident in his grace. We are confident in his grace. Verse six, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely freely let, let that just drop in our hearts today freely freely given us in Jesus in the one he loves everything we have is a gift of God's grace everything we have is all in Jesus nothing comes to us except by him I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if what stood out to you. I want to encourage you to do this, actually, um, as we take a deep dive into this book of Ephesians. You know, like we've read the first 14 verses next week, I think. Uh, we're doing from verse 15 to 23, the rest of Ephesians 1. I want you to take a moment, and if you get chance, just to read those verses. And all I want you to ask the question is, 
what stands out to me? Because as I read it for the first time, there was one thing that stood out to me, and it's because it's repeated over and over again. It's this phrase, in him, in Christ Jesus. It's this. You know, over 14 verses, I had a look, and you know, there's even some different iterations of this, but there's like over nine times, Paul is saying, it's in him. It's in Jesus. It's in him. Oh, you don't believe me? Well, I'll have to read it to us then. Sorry, team, I didn't prep you for this, but I, didn't, I thought they'd grab it straight away, team. You see, verse three, we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Verse four, he chose us in him. Verse five, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. Oh, you know, verse six, he's freely given us the grace in the one he loves. Verse seven, in him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of grace. He lavished on us all with wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. Oh, I think it's starting to drop. You want more? Verse 11, in him we were also chosen. It goes on and it goes on. Verse 13, you were also included in Christ. We're marked in him with the seal of the Holy Spirit. It's him. It's been freely given to us today. And so this is why my sermon in a sentence is, is, is this. Our confidence is in him. It's in Jesus. It's in Jesus we receive all of this. It's in Jesus that we get to live out our lives from. It's in Jesus. That's the starting position for our lives. And so today, place your confidence in Jesus. Place your confidence in Him. I want to say first and foremost, place your confidence in Him. Don't let your confidence waver and move around because, oh, this circumstance happened or I didn't quite experience this or, 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 or I missed a moment. Maybe I missed a moment and all of a sudden we're, we're beating ourselves up. No, place your confidence in Jesus because you know today that you belong, each and every one of us. And so right now here in Chesterfield, there in Stocksbridge, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give you an opportunity to place your confidence in Jesus. You've never made that decision. And even online today, you've never made that decision to place your confidence, to say yes to Jesus in your life. Then this moment's for you. I've said it right throughout the message that there's grace given for us, that it's nothing that we've done, but it's that we have to respond today. We respond to that message by placing our confidence in Jesus. And so today, Chesterfield, Stocksbridge, online, you're making that decision for the very first time. Online right now, there's a button you can click. You can click a link. Please do that. Let us know you're making that decision today. But here in the rooms, today you're saying, I want to place my confidence in Jesus. I want you to know this, that whatever life has looked like, Whatever has gone on in life, Romans, another book that Paul wrote says this, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no guilt, there's no shame, but today you can receive his forgiveness and his grace for your life.
doing that for the very first time in a moment, I'm going to count to three. I want you to raise your hand so I can know who I'm praying for, so the team in Stocksbridge can know who they're praying for. Or today you would say, I've placed my confidence elsewhere. I've walked away from this relationship with Jesus. I've not been following him, but I need to get that right and I need to place my confidence in him. As I say three, again, you raise your hand so I can see who I'm praying for. They're in Stocksbridge again, so the team can know who they're praying for. I want to encourage you to place your confidence in Jesus. Not because of anything you've done, but everything that he's done. He died on the cross. He loves us. He's forgiven us. And he has a great future for each and every one of us. So that's you today. As I say three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Right now, place your confidence in Jesus. Just raise your hand in this moment. Whether for the first time or as a recommitment you're saying I'm coming back raise your hand there in Stocksbridge online click that button click that link amazing so good well as a church we love to celebrate and want to celebrate with every single person making that decision over this weekend so come on church I wonder if we'd stand we're going to pray this prayer all together and uh, Stocksbridge you're going to worship with us and then after worship going to hand over to I think it'll be Ben or Hannah your incredible campus pastors and uh, big T as I'm calling him Tobias who's a few weeks old in there but let's pray this all together with faith uh, after three one two three Jesus I come to you today and confess that I need you please come into my life and forgive me of all my sins Jesus be my Lord and Saviour thank you for giving me a brand new start today I open my life to you amen amen what's the response well firstly place your confidence in Jesus place your confidence in him today who through him we can have confidence that we are chosen that we are forgiven that we have the seal of His Holy Spirit and that His grace has been freely given to us. Come on, why don't we praise Him right now? Why don't we thank Him and let's worship Him together.